Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Are you going your own way? Are you kicking against the goad? Is God trying to get you onto this path and every time he directs you, you kick? And you wonder why you're not satisfied. You wonder why you're not full of joy. You wonder why you're not full of Holy Spirit-infused energy and passion and love for the things of God. Are you kicking against the goads? Do you seem to experience one frustration after another or feel a sense of emptiness in your life? The wise King Solomon had everything one could desire. And after a long life search, he discovered the secret to meaning and purpose in his life. Out of everything he had, he came to the conclusion that the Word of God is all that we need in order to find strength and focus in our lives. Pastor Jim will teach what that means and how we can find satisfaction when we learn God's words of wisdom. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim with part one of his message entitled, How Can I Find Satisfaction in an Unsatisfying World? Well, according to a recent Time Magazine article, Americans spend 9.6 billion, 9.6 billion dollars per year on self-help products. $9.6 billion. According to a recent study of the Journal of Experimental Psychology, they found that the more you look for happiness, the more you pursue happiness, the less likely you are to achieve happiness. They noted specifically in the United States of America, the problem, and this is secular, thinking, this is not some Christian organization, the problem specifically in the United States of America is our over-individualistic pursuit of career and of material things and of an easy life. And our continual pursuit of that generally leads most people to be let down in their pursuit of happiness and satisfaction. These chronic letdowns is actually what has been the title of our Ecclesiastes series, which has been on our website for the past uh, several months, and this is our 20th message in Ecclesiastes, and so it will be the title of our closing message. Remember, we've been using questions, and the title today is, How Can I Find Satisfaction in an Unsatisfying World? How Can I Find Satisfaction in an Unsatisfying World? The book of Ecclesiastes has given us a tremendous opportunity to sit with King Solomon. And King Solomon is a man who probably would tell Americans, I could save you $9.6 billion a year. (laughs) That he was a man who had gotten everything that one could imagine and found it to be complete emptiness. He had desperately searched for satisfaction. He desperately searched for 
meaning and purpose of life in virtually every realm you could imagine. He was a man of the arts. He was extremely wealthy. He had a lot of power. He was a, a business owner. He was an international tradesman. He had tremendous success. He sought it in sex, in partying, in fun, and he said it was all one big letdown. He has, with us, wrestled with God about the mysteries of the world. He has even wrestled with God, and we've got to uh, be privy to it, with death, and he is a realist. I know a lot of people say he's a pessimist. I'm, I'm more convinced now than ever that he's a realist who wants to know the truth about life and really how to achieve satisfaction in what he calls under the sun. Now, a lot of us have heard the definition of an insanity that goes like this. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same result. And I think for a lot of us in the United States, we'd have to say that's what we're doing. $9.6 billion on self-help products and really nothing to show for it. So we have to ask ourselves, are we the people who really want to know the truth? Or are we willing to just continue to be insane and do the same stuff over and over again and think it to turn out differently? Interesting, uh, two weeks ago in our last Ecclesiastes study, we left off at chapter 12, verse 8, where he said, vanity of vanities, says the preacher, that's what he calls himself, all is vanity. Uh, some versions say meaningless, everything is meaningless. Other versions say everything is futile. We've been saying that that word can also mean breath. Life is just but a breath. So that's where we left off. Everything is vanity, futile, meaningless. That could be where someone you know is. Maybe you, that immediately makes you think of a friend who's given up hope for life and thinks, what's the point? Could be where you are today. But the preacher, like all preachers, <laughs> has more to say. He doesn't want to just leave us hanging there. And so there is more. Ecclesiastes, as we've been saying, is wisdom literature. Now, in the Bible, that's not just some theory. You know, people, there's a lot of people out there, they know a lot of Bible, right? And it's just theory to them. It doesn't translate to their lives. And so wisdom in the Bible is, is found in practical, day-by-day living of the word of God, in practical living life to the fullest. We might say you make the most of every day. Now, King Solomon, if he were around today, would be well-versed in the emptiness of chasing after the elusive God of the American dream. You know, we talk to people when they buy a new house, and I go, hey, how's the American dream? Oh, it's awesome, it's great, I love it. Six months later, hey, how's the American nightmare? <laughs> and they're like, all I do is throw money into that thing and fix that thing, it eats my money, it eats my time. And I say, oh, oh yes. And in the pursuit of the American dream, the tendency is for all of us, even Christians, to forget the living God. In fact, in just a few short verses here at the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, he's going to come to his conclusion. 
Again, he's not just some poor guy who didn't get anything. This is the guy who got it all, and he is going to unlock the key to meaning and purpose. He's going to unlock the key to satisfaction in this life. So if you're taking notes today, we want to look at three separate items and uh, to find meaning, to find purpose, to find satisfaction God's way not our way. So if you're taking notes, number one, you ready? Buy a Ferrari. (laughs) No? All right, just seeing who's awake. Number one, learn the words of wisdom. Learn the words of wisdom. Look at verse nine. He says, and moreover, because the preacher was wise, so if you've read Solomon, especially if you've read the Proverbs, you know, the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs, kind of confusing. Ecclesiastes, kind of confusing. Uh, Proverbs, the exact opposite, not really confusing, just really in your face. And, And he says, because the preacher was wise, what did he do with his wisdom? Well, he tells us what he did with his wisdom. He said, he still taught And the idea is that God had given Solomon wisdom and he continually taught people the wisdom that God had given to him. So again, and moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out. What does that mean? It means that that he was constantly studying, thinking, pondering what is truly of God what is of me, right? What is reading perhaps other widely known philosophers of the day and and what would be in agreement with God's word and what would not. So yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs. Some versions add on with great care that he put together his wisdom writings with great care. Verse 10, the preacher sought to find acceptable words. Another version translates it just the right words. And what was written was upright words of truth. So what he's telling us here is that he was a skilled wordsmith. That everybody knew that he was a very, very good writer. And interesting, a lot of people who don't believe the Bible at all will say that Solomon is just one of the greatest writers in all of history. Even people who just study literature say that this guy can really write. Let me give you an example. We might say, stop living for yourself, right? Stop chasing after all of these crazy things. Solomon comes along and says, stop trying to grasp for the wind. We might say this morning uh, to our friend sitting next to us, you know, maybe we should consider joining a community group. But Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 4, he said, a threefold cord is not easily broken. The more you have friends, the more you are tightly knit together with people, your faith will not be broken. Now, if you recall, his audience, we said, are leaders Uh, particularly in some of his talking with mentioning a son. It could be uh, young emerging leaders. And I get the, the picture that he is telling these people, 
in a room, again, let's all come into the courtroom with the king and, and him saying to us all, hey man, listen carefully. I spent my whole life chasing everything that everybody told me I had to have and I got it and it turned up empty. Don't follow my path. Don't make the same mistake that I made. So he's telling us he spent a lot of time researching and, and then going out and observing life. We said, and we did Proverbs on Wednesday night, very observant man. And then writing down what he knew was truly the wisdom of God. It says here that he did the hard work to set it in order. Bible students, this is part of what we call hermeneutics, the, the art and science of biblical interpretation. In other words, he got the meaning of the text straight. That takes hours and hours and hours of study. It takes a long time to, to really figure out what God is trying to say within the context of a verse, within the context of a chapter or a paragraph, within the context of a book, within the context of a testament, within the context of the entirety of the Bible, within the context of redemptive history. Then he did what the Lord desires for all of us. He gave it away. He gave it away. He shared it with others. He went to a diner with a friend and explained the things of God. He invited neighbor over for coffee. Went to the playground and, and in a playgroup with kids or something like that and engaged somebody in, in spiritual conversations. Talked with people that he was involved with. Taught it to his kids. It says here that the preacher began to teach in ways that were interesting. Not entertaining, right? That's what's in vogue today in the church today, sadly. Not, not entertaining, but interesting. It was logical. It made sense. He was clear. It's unclear to us because we don't understand a lot of the language of this day, but, but to these people, it was clear. It was real. It was, as we like to, to say around here, it was with passion and with clarity and without apology. This is what it is. But he was not only a good preacher, he was a good pastor. He was kind, but he was honest with the truth of the word of God. Friends, a, a pastor who is only kind and not honest is a liar. And a pastor who is honest but mean is not a shepherd. There's an old expression that says a pastor's job is not to tickle ears, but to open them. A pastor's job is not to make everybody feel good about themselves all the time, but to open our hearts and minds to the word of God. You say, well, I want to feel good about myself. Then how do you deal with Bible verses that say all we like sheep have gone astray? A good pastor wants his people to be deep, wants his people to be devoted and is actually willing to take the criticism that comes along with that. Verse 11, the words of the wise, and implied in that which we must learn, right? The words of the wise are like goads. We'll come back to that word in a second, very important word. And the words of scholars, some versions say the collected sayings are like well-driven nails 
given by one shepherd. Now the Bible, the Old Testament calls Yahweh the shepherd of Israel. The book of Ezekiel calls the coming Messiah the one shepherd. And hundreds of years later, a carpenter from Nazareth would look out to people and say, I am the good shepherd. Translation, God stands in your midst. The word of God, he says here, is like a goad. What's a goad? A goad is a long stick with a sharp end that they use to prod cattle. It's painful, right? Does that sound painful? That's why sometimes people say, I don't want to hear any, any Bible that makes me feel uncomfortable. Well, then you don't want to hear any Bible then. The Bible is like a goad. It's a painful stick to keep the cattle on the right path. The cattle want to go, they're just like us, right? Let them out of the cage and, hey, go that way. Boom, there they go, right? It's like herding cats. You can't do it. And so the Bible comes along and says that the word of God is going to be like a goad that is going to keep people on the right path, not their own path. Many of us are familiar with the New Testament story of Saul of Tarsus who becomes the Apostle Paul, the great writer, Apostle to the Gentiles, the great writer in the New Testament. And he meets the risen Christ when he's persecuting Christians on the road to Damascus. And Jesus says this to him, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. He says, man, it is hard for you to constantly kick against the prodding of the Holy Spirit, isn't it, man? And friend, is that hard for you? Are you going your own way? Are you kicking against the goad? Is God trying to get you onto this path and every time he directs you, you kick? And you wonder why you're not satisfied. You wonder why you're not full of joy. You wonder why you're not full of Holy Spirit-infused energy and passion and love for the things of God. Are you kicking against the goads? And do you find yourself fighting against the living God? Perhaps you're wondering, why is my life one dead end after another? One frustration after another? One massive sense of emptiness. One massive sense of, I can't get anything accomplished. Search your soul, loved ones. Maybe, maybe you're kicking against the goad. Now in the Bible, the word of God is not learned unless it is obeyed. People say, oh, I'm, just, I'm Christian, I'm just not walking with the Lord. And the Bible goes, what? <laughs> what? Right? He says here, the word of God is like a, a well-driven nail. Now some of us might think, yeah, God's nailing me, man, and you are right now too, Pastor Jim. <laughs> No, I think here it's speaking about that when something is loose, right? Something comes along and says, oh, that board's kind of fallen down. We take a nail and if it's well-driven, what does it give to that board? Stability. And so here he's telling us that the word of God gives stability to a life. 
It not only gives us stability, it gives us security and a strength that leads to a focus that's able to enjoy life, something he's been telling us to do. Interesting, he's been trying to enjoy life without God. He's Now he's been telling us to enjoy life with God because we can enjoy life only truly when we're living out the plans and purposes of God. You say, how does that happen? Why is it so important that we read our Bibles and study our Bibles? Because he says that it's given by one shepherd. Again, Bible students here, we have the doctrine of inspiration. That the Bible writers were guided as as a wind would take along a ship, guided by the Holy Spirit as they wrote. And with that inspiration, comes the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. And so as we learn it, as we implement it into our lives, God says, you can rest assured, you will have my power. John 1.14 tells us that Jesus Christ was full of grace and truth. How does that apply to this, which was written hundreds of years earlier? Sometimes the word of God, when we say it's, Jesus Christ was full of grace, sometimes the word of God is gonna make us feel extremely hopeful but sometimes it's going to be hurtful. But it's always going to be healing. It's almost like the modern expression we have, no pain, no gain, right? But here's a reality, and we all know this. Nails can come loose, right? Did you ever walk on a deck and I'll say, oh man, and you find out that a nail had stuck up from a wooden deck. So you got to get out the hammer, What? and pound it in again. And such is the maintenance of the word of God. We must keep a maintenance schedule with the word of God. Because a living faith is simply a transfer of wisdom. It is a transfer of wisdom from our own way to God's way. It is a transfer of a path. It is taking a different path from our own path to God's path. And so you say, I really want satisfaction in my life. Well, number one is you've got to learn the words of wisdom. Got to learn the word of God. Number two, to find meaning, to find purpose, to find satisfaction, you have to live for yourself. Buy a Ferrari. (laughs) No. You have to listen to the warning of wisdom. Listen to the warning of wisdom. Verse 12, and further, my son. I don't know about you, man, I love that. Maybe it's because I'm a dude, but every time the Bible says, my son, I just sort of stand up a little bit. And I just picture myself not sitting on Santa Claus's lap, (laughs) but sitting on God's lap, I remember when I was little, my little hand being in my dad's big hand. And then I remember when I became a dad, my little boys and my little girls, little hand in in my big hand. And I don't know about you, but I forget the fact that when I see my son in the Bible, I forget the fact that I'm Pastor Jim. And I gloriously become the son, Jim. And so let's hear what our father is saying to us. And further, my son, and further, my daughter, be admonished by these. 
Some versions translate this, be aware of anything beyond these. Be aware of people who are adding things to the word that I say. And then he gives us what we might call a motivational proverb. He says, of making many books there is no end and much study is wearisome to the flesh. He's simply saying this, young people, please listen to what I'm telling you right now. Please be very careful. There are so many voices out there trying to get your attention. There are so many books of lies that are out there. You have been listening to Changed by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our hope and prayer is that all of our listeners would grow into committed followers of Jesus Christ. And we are overjoyed to play whatever role we can in helping you mature in your faith. Would you like to know more about us? Maybe you would like to pass this message on to a friend or family member. If so, go to our website at www.changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you have a question or need some guidance. We don't want to replace your pastor, but we are here to help. It's so easy to contact us. All you have to do is call, click, or write. Our phone number is 973-659-3380. That's 973-659-3380. Our email address is info at changedbyloveradio.com. Our mailing address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. You may be surprised to know how excited Pastor Jim and the Changed by Love radio team are to hear from you. In fact, it is common for Pastor Jim to pass on your encouragement to the congregation here in New Jersey, since we consider all of our listeners part of our family. That's all the time we have for today. Our sincere hope and desire is that you will join us again next time on this radio station as we continue teaching the word of the Lord here in the book of Ecclesiastes, one verse at a time. We here at Changed by Love pray God's best to each and every one of you today.